Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Boy, I hope that you have fastened your seatbelt for today's shows. Uh, I am so thrilled to have Debbie Ford back joining me here today. National best-selling author, The Dark Side of the Light, Chaser, Secrets of the Shadow, Spiritual Divorce, The Right Questions, and The Best Year of Your Life. And she's joining me here today as a, someone who knows so much about opening up, stepping forward, providing solutions, and helping people take their lives to the next level. We're here today to talk with Debbie about why good people do bad things, how to stop being your own worst enemy. And I said before she comes on, and I, I will tell you, I get this topic. And how do I get this topic? Remember, I'm the person that created crust busting. And crust, this crusty stuff, came from where? It came from me, my own life. And so I get to talk about myself in a way that you all will relate to, because it's part of the journey. It's part of realizing that I have been in my own worst enemy. I have been in the way of my own success. And I'm telling you, I'm tired of it. I'm glad Debbie Ford is talking about it. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Dr. Pat. So happy to be here with you. You don't beat around the bush. I mean, you are coming right out and you're saying, okay, good people do bad things. Stop being your own worst enemy. I mean, we have danced around this topic for quite some time, Debbie, and I wanted to ask you, you know, out of all of the books that you've written, out of all the seminars, the lectures you give, the people you get in front of, this topic, how did this come to the top of the list for you? Well, I think after teaching for these last 12 years and training coaches and doing all the lectures I do, because I always say I'm really a teacher who writes, Mm. The thing that, you know, you just said it, it's so unbelievable how we get in our own way. And people do it on all different degrees. Some people do it with their diet, some people with their finances, some people in their relationships, and some people in this huge public way. But it's the mechanism, I mean, that will eventually, if we use it, it will get us to the greatest expression of ourselves. So, you know, everybody is trying to deny their self-saboteurs or hide it. But ultimately, if we would all open up to it, you know, I always say beg that you get cracked open. And I like what you were saying about the crust, mm -hmm. because if you have to break through that, on the other side of it, what do you find? I mean, for myself, too, you find the perfection and the enormity of who we are. I love this, Debbie, because, you know, one of the things you said that is so important, and this is what I think we forget, and what I believe is the book that you have written is going to remind us that when you crack through whatever that is, that there is something absolutely magnificent on the inside. It is so powerful and, and so remarkable that we cannot help to acknowledge our magnificence, yet I want to ask you about this. It is difficult sometimes because we, we, we see ourselves as basically screw-ups and we tell ourselves those things and boy, don't we get caught in this ring of this you know, circular conversation. Yes, all the time and I think that's why it's so important for people to find out who they are, to study who they are, to know in their intellects who they are, that they're not just a human being but they have that resource 
that great power inside of them as well. And that's really what I tried to marry here, the duality of the dark and the light, the Dr. Jekyll and the Mr. Hyde, and how do we take all of who we are and stand, even when we're in the smallest part of ourselves, to be able to identify, wow, my lower self has taken over, my ego has gone bad, I am out of whack, what would I have to do, what are the practices that I could put in place so that I could start to move out of them today? And, and in, that is for many of our listeners. This is what people are hungry for right now. Uh, they are hungry for this idea of not only identifying the stuff that holds us back, but now give me a few tools. I'm really, I, I'm, you can teach me. And I bet you have found this in the people that you've been in front of, the teachings that you've done. Well, you know, I love, there's so many old adages that if we just live by them, there's like the truth will set you free. I think the first thing, right, is we have to get out of denial. I think I have 25 pages on denial, and they made me cut it in half because I just went crazy because we're all in denial. And the first step of transformation, reinventing your life, having a new reality is telling the truth about something you've been lying about. Mm -hmm. And that is so difficult for a human being. The human ego so wanted to, you know, to distract itself with all these other issues. But the truth of, you know, how we're feeling, that's that's the greatest tool because the, in and of itself, the truth might be we need help or we need to open up or we need to make an amends or that we're resentful or angry or broke. But we have to begin by telling the truth. And for some reason, you know, that defense mechanism takes over and that's why most people don't move ahead well and we kind of compound don't we debbie and i think you address this in the book uh and 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 talk about this is that we don't even know that we're piling these what we call little white lies one on top of the other and you know that becomes sort of the stories of our lives how can we first recognize that we're doing that and number two how can we create a new story well, I think the first thing we have to do is notice the area that we're self-sabotaging or we're not getting where we want to go, where we are, you know, getting in our own way, and then write it down. And I tell everybody, you've got to write everything down because your mind will play such games with you. And then, two, for me, the next step is finding the gold in it. You know, I believe that we are here, and I think you do too, for our soul's evolution. Mm to grow, to evolve, and that when we are limiting ourselves, it's only because we are in some small, limited view of what we're here to do. So my work is always about how do I find the gift in this? How do I find the gold that the universe was just trying to teach me a lesson? So let's say I'm struggling with my money issues and I'm always spending more money than I have. You know, I would start to look and see what is the need I'm trying to meet inside because everything that we do in the outer world is to meet some internal need and when we start to find that internal need we start to look for how could I give that to myself what would be the gift of this struggle because most of us just want to say I shouldn't have that this is wrong life should be this bowl of cherries and I think for at least 90% of the world we know that that just isn't true 
Well, you know, and we, we have sayings around that. Uh, and, you know, we joke about it in our society. I remember as a kid, there was this thing about life is a bowl of cherries, but I, you know, I think I'm the pit or something like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the way we're talking about ourselves. And so there is a difference, isn't there, in getting real, getting true, knocking the crust off, looking ourselves right in the eye and saying, yep, this is what I'm doing. There's a difference between doing that and also beating ourselves up. Is there a is there not absolutely and the truth will set you free and beating yourself up will keep you in a repetitive pattern of the past mm. guaranteed because i think ultimately <clears throat> we all hear all all we need is love and we think oh yeah you know but it's not just loving the good self it's loving the dark it's loving our vulnerable self it's loving the part of ourselves that was wounded or shamed when we were young you know, self-sabotage is an externalization of our internal shame. So we all have internal shame, and how it gets seen is that we do something that we would deem inappropriate or stupid in the external world, right? That's how we find it. And so if we just take the bat and beat ourselves over the head, I actually wrote in Why Good People Do Bad Things, something I've been doing in front of the room for so many years, Dr. Bat, and I always got scared like one day the press is going to see me do this. <laughs> I can't, but then, then so I decided I'm just going to write about it. I take this beautiful baby doll and I show it to everybody like on the third day of the shadow process and everybody's cooing and it's so beautiful and then I turn around and I whack the baby doll over my chair and I say you idiot you shouldn't have done that you're too old you're and everybody is laughing but you know their mouth is wide open because that's what we're doing and then we're doing that to ourselves every time we reshame ourselves re-wound ourselves beat ourselves up we are taking a part of ourselves and just whacking it and then we we try to get that part to go out and have a great life how's it going to do it it can't even find the right cocktail dress to wear you know because we are exactly like you said you know we are doing that and you know part of the the, the equation that you talk about in the book i love this is you know the the whole beach ball effect thing i wanted you to talk a little bit about that because i think that we have opened up the door to a conversation about emotions and we are getting ready to close it just as quickly it's yeah. almost like politics it's like <laughs> okay politics all right, religion, oh, emotions, they're like in the same, you know, we're teasing with it, but we're not really getting to the issue. Yeah, okay, good. Well, this is my favorite subject, the beach ball effect. Let's hold that thought for one minute, take a short break. When we come back, Debbie Ford, the beach ball effect, why good people do bad things, how to stop being your own worst enemy. We are here to help you crack it open and live life full out. We'll be right back. become an Easter tradition for thousands. Easter services with the Center for Spiritual Living at Benaroya Hall. Join Reverend Kathy Ann Lewis for a celebration where all faiths are welcome. 9.30 a.m. meditation, 10.30 adult service, 11 o'clock family service. It's an experience of music and inspiration that will touch you in a whole new way. Easter with the Center for Spiritual Living at Benaroya Hall in Seattle. Info at spiritualliving.org. 
Join Master Result Coach Alfonso DeRose at East West Bookshop in Seattle on March 30th at 1.30 p.m. for the Tao of Weight Loss. The key to maintaining your health and weight isn't in any diet. It's within yourself and your mind. And in order to achieve it, you have to take your risk. Visit TakeYourRisk.com and find out about ThinFormation. This revolutionary weight loss method will eradicate your overweight issues in the depths of your mind. Visit TakeYourRisk.com. Are you taking too many oral pain pills and concerned about side effects? Are you having trouble getting to sleep because of the pain? I'm Lou Paradise. I had the same problems you have. Cured my pain, eliminated pain pills and their side effects by developing Topperson Pain Relief and Healing Cream. Topperson relieves pain without side effects. It doesn't burn, it doesn't smell, and it doesn't stain. But don't just take my word for it. Doctors, pharmacists, and pain specialists are using and recommending Topperson and ending the suffering for thousands of people just like you. We know you hurt. We want to help. We are so sure that Topperson will work for you. We offer a money-back guarantee. So if you want pain relief without side effects just ask for Topperson. Topperson is now available at Fred Meyer Natural Food and other fine stores go to Topperson.com for a store near you or call 1-800-959-1007 Topperson.com or 1-800-959-1007 Topperson the last pain medicine you'll ever need and you can sleep on that McDonald's Northwest Women's Show is where mothers, daughters, sisters and friends come together each year at a show that's all about you, your body, your spirit, your life. New this year is the exciting Living and Eating Green Expo. Find out what you can do to make a difference. Plus over 500 exhibits and best of all, shopping. This year, it's Celebrity Central at our 20th anniversary show. Meet Matt and Susie from NBC's The Biggest Loser. Max from Dancing with the Stars. Take a class with Aiden from ABC's All My Children at the Beef It's What's for Dinner stage. Fashion on Fire where Seattle's hottest firefighter heat up the runway and favorite authors including Ann Rule and Dr. Pepper Schwartz. The Women's Show is March 28th through 30th at the Quest Field Events Center. Open 10 till 6. Sponsored by Bartell Drugs, American Family Insurance, Waste Management, the Seattle Times and King 5. The McDonald's Northwest Women's Show. It's such a girl thing. For show information, go to nwwomenshow.com. Open your ears, open your heart, open your mind. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Boy, I never knew I could feel the way I felt when I felt the way you were feeling me, baby. I'm so out of control, yeah. Every time you look my way, I realize more and more how much I Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I want to make sure that you all know uh, that you could find out more about Debbie Ford by going to her website, which is DebbieFord.com. And you'll find uh, information about the book, Why Good People Do Bad Things, How to Stop Being Your Own Worst Enemy. There are excerpts from it. You'll be able to look at the table of contents and much more. But, Debbie, I mean, we were talking very candidly. And, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that I know there are, there are points in time in my life where I have been my own worst enemy. But, you know, discovering that has helped me create a new pathway to what I desire and what I what I want to do to help other people. We were talking before the break about the beach ball effect, and I wanted to, to get your uh, take on that to share to our listeners because, you know, emotions, emotions, emotions. Uh, you know, we, we don't quite know what to do with them. 
And, you know, we, we're watching people in the public where don't cry. It's not okay to cry. Don't show emotions. How do we make sense of this? Mankind, really. You know, we are emotional beings. We were born with the ability. I always tell people, watch a child, and that's how you'll know what it is to be healthy and human. You know, they cry one minute. They're laughing the next minute. They're at peace the next minute. They're sad and screaming the next minute. You know, that we have this whole range, and what happens is, as we get older, we were told, like you said, don't be a sissy, don't cry, don't do this, you're too whiny, you're too loud, you're too angry. We start to suppress them beneath our consciousness. And I liken it to holding a beach ball underwater. We've all tried that. It takes a lot of energy to hold that beach ball. And most of us have 10, 20, 30 beach balls we're trying to manage. So what do we have to do to keep those beach balls down? We have to stay busy. We have to eat over it. We have to drink over it. We have to smoke over it. We're trying to do all of these things so that we don't have to feel these now toxic emotions. So in the book, I really outline the process of allowing these beach balls to the surface because if you let a beach ball float on top of the water, you don't have anything to worry about. But if you got that beach ball and you're trying to manage it, you can be sure that one moment when you take your attention off it or you don't have enough going on, something is going to pop up and hit you in the face. And we see that right in the news all the time. That's slur comes out of your mouth. Maybe you suppress that you're a racist or you're prejudiced, and then all of a sudden you're saying something. Or you're with your child after working on a great relationship, and all of a sudden you say something in front of their friends to shame them. You know, we all do it. They do it on our diets. We're eating, we're being healthy, and then we go in the middle of the night and eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or much more than that. And, you know, part of this is also, you outline this in the book as well, uh, you know, we are, are people that uh, I believe we carry around different personas. As a matter of fact, when I coach people uh, on, on media coaching, you know, we actually go through four different personas. But that leads me to this question about the masks, and you cover that in the book. Um, what is it that we can learn, first of all, from our masks? And is it always appropriate to remove them? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Some people should actually keep their masks on. <laughs> but, you know, the, the reason why I wrote about the masks and distinguished them as I did is because I saw that there were some people who just couldn't move. They couldn't move off their story because they actually had become their story. They become that mask. And, of course, for the victims of the world, I wrote about the mask because victims don't want to believe there's bad people or they don't want to believe that there's somebody lurking around beneath who they see. And I'm one of those people. You know, I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Like, you are who you say you are. And it took me a lot of very hard, painful lessons to wake up and say, oh, my God, people are showing me their mask, their persona. So there's the too cool mask we all that's pretty easy to identify. The bully is pretty easy to identify. The people pleaser, there seems to be more people pleasers than any other mask. You know, people just you know, that will sell their soul to be liked and belong. And it's a very painful mask for those people. They have no freedom to say no, to tell the truth. You know, the quiet 
snake. We have to be careful of those people. And if you're a quiet snake, you have to, you know, I wrote about it and I wrote the shame that created the mask because our shame is what creates the particular mask, you know, the nice guy. What's the nice guy's shame is that he's a horrible, bad person. So they create this nice one. So, you know, I was called myself as a self-help teacher. I think my ultimate state is that I've always been quite a depressive. But so, of course, what would I have to do? I'd have to write self-help to, you know, pump myself up. So it's good to know to be able to go underneath and see what might my nature be, what might my my shame be, and how can I you know, work on this challenge in order to remove my mask. Now, you asked a really potent question, you know, should sometimes we keep our mask on? I think uh, until we are grounded and can be real and make sure that we have people around us that can take our authentic self, we don't want to just remove the mask and say, you know, I've been a people pleaser. My whole family thinks I'm a people pleaser. And then all of a sudden I come as this, you know, totally different person. You're probably going to have a lot of conflict. So I think we have to resolve the unconscious conflicts within ourselves. And then naturally we can show ourselves more and more and more and be authentically who we are. And, you know, what's interesting about what you're saying is because, uh, you know, I, I've studied the masks, the different masks I've had in my life, especially when I had my corporate job. Boy, I'll tell you, there, I had to slap some masks on to just to get through the day. Uh, but one of the things that I'm struck by these days is how when I meet my listeners or we go out and we go to events and, and there I am, people shockingly say, wow, you are like the same in person. Uh, you're, you're the same whether it's here in person speaking with you or on the radio, you're kind of like the same. And they seem surprised. And yet I, I think about that a, a little bit. And I say to myself, well, you know, I've had to go through the hundred faces of Dr. Pat through most of my life to get to a place where I'm comfortable. How important is it for people to discover where their comfort zone is with who they are? Oh, I think it's just imperative, and I love that you're saying that, and I think ultimately that's where we all want to be able to be able to be who we are, but of course that takes us back to this very basic concept that I, I even, it, see, it sounds so cliche that sometimes I don't even like to say it, uh -huh. but, you know, how do we love ourselves? How do we love our mean self, our selfish self, our greedy self, our you know, pain in the butt self. You know, how do we love this self that we are so that we can be our authentic, so we don't have to wear a mask? Because ultimately what people find out when they do transformational work is that, you know, the people outside, we don't really care what they think. We care what we think. And when we're loving ourselves and feel good about ourselves, people cannot like us or people can be, you know, have some judgment on us. And so the work really, it really is an inside job. And getting back to that place where we feel authentically okay with who we are, if we've done things in the past, we've cleaned them up, we've made amends, we've asked for forgiveness, we've forgiven ourselves, and then we don't have to pretend like we're somebody we're not. And boy, I'll tell you, when you can get to that place, I don't know about you, Debbie, but for me, getting to that place felt like a two-ton weight had been lifted from my life. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I find myself, even though I take the mask off, you know, I find myself creating a new one, you know, going somewhere <laughs> else. So at least I know now that, you know, I think that's just part of being human. And, again, you know, we're all so ashamed of our phoniness, but... I say, thank God some of us are phony. Can you imagine if we just walked up to people and said what we thought all day long? You know, we would break some people's hearts, so... It, it, it is really a, a, a very, very special journey. You know, Debbie, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, you know, I love the book. I love what you have to say about it. And I really see it as an invitation for people that uh, pick up the book and actually examine it to really find this true, beautiful nature within. What's your personal message for us today? Uh, my personal message is to be compassionate with yourself. It's tough to be human and to just lovingly, one day at a time, make empowering choices to find the gifts of all aspects of yourself. And then that judgmental mind will quiet down and you'll know what true authenticity and peace is. Wow. Thank you, Debbie Ford, for joining us here today. DebbieFord.com is the website. What a great, great show. Thank you all for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.